0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League Podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode five of the Tool Station Western League Podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. And how about yourself? Well, I'm refreshed and reinvigorated following That's my nice. um, early season break. Um, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, the school... Holidays don't um, take into account the football season, so um, apologies, <laughs> listeners, for last week's um, absence. Um, but um, we are back uh, this week. Now, now, Tom, I, um, I holidayed in Minehead. Mm. I don't know if Minehead is a is a place that you know particularly well.
1: Not, uh, not doesn't spring to mind as a as a regular regular jaunt. But go on.
0: Well, um, I we didn't go to Butlins, I I oh. hasten to add. Um, but um, uh, at one point I did find myself completely by accident at Minehead Football Club. Oh, well, there you go. Um, which was a a, a very pleasant um uh, ground, very well appointed. Um, so I don't quite know the ambition of that side, but um, you know, was <laughs> there I, any football got, going
1: on, or was it a... Sadly, not. No, we sadly were there not. for.
0: We were there during the week, and um,
1: um,
0: and they weren't in. I think they well they were in action at the um, at the weekend. uh, Mm -hmm. Saturday just gone, so um, yes, opportunity um, missed there. Um, Anyway, um, we're not here to talk about my holiday. We are here to talk about the fixtures that were played on Saturday, August the twenty fifth, where we had a lot of teams involved in the fa vars as well as premier division and first division matches um one of our vars games and um, pitted um premier division saltash against radstock town of the first division and um, mackenzie brown uh, the manager of saltash united joins us on this week's podcast as does jamie hillman Hel- Hengrover in action in the first division uh, on saturday so um, we've caught up with an old friend of the podcast jamie hillman as well this week um, so we'll kick things off um in the FA VARS on Saturday, the twenty-sixth of August, Tom,
1: uh, with um with Axminster at home to Street. Yeah, indeed. One of our one of our um successful sides in in the VARs on the weekend. Street, a four-nil win away at Axminster. So pretty good going. Four different goal scorers helping them progress. Uh, Carl Simpson and Phil Ormrod, um, scoring either side of the interval, so they had a real good Good spell, uh, as I say, either side the break, which which put them two goals to the good. Uh, and then it was Eli Collins and Freddie Fraser rounding out the 4-0 win. So, yeah, top stuff from the Cobblers and uh, they move on to the next round. Uh, as do um, Bradford Town. They
0: were entertaining Wiltshire rivals Carltown Town in a five-goal thriller.
1: Yeah, and this was finished off by an absolute, well, one of the, one of the, what will be, I think, goals of the season. Um, not sure if you managed to, managed to catch it, but that was... Uh, that was in bradford's favor so a 3-2 win for them uh, over calm uh, they took command of this game uh, Sam jordan scoring twice uh, late in the first half putting them two goals to the good but calm to their credit did did fight back into it and uh, yeah they leveled affairs 15 minutes from time so it looked like it would uh, would head to penalties where three of our other sides unfortunately fell <laughs> fell, fell at that hurdle all three uh, shootouts not go in the western leagues way but it didn't happen uh, for for bradford they managed to to, uh, to avoid that ignominy and, uh, and scored late on, and as I say, it was an absolute uh, peach for gold. Liam Watson, uh, a bicycle kick, uh, pretty late on, and, and claimed the 3-2 victory. So, yeah, top stuff from Bradford, a 3-2 win for them, away at Carl. Now, moving on to Falmouth, uh,
0: and the visitors were Honiton, and um, Falmouth were in form, Tom.
1: Yeah, they were. This was yeah one of the one of the easier easier ties for our sides. A six 0 win for for Falmouth. A uh, couple of couple of early goals from Luke Barnes setting them on their way, uh, and then it was Cam Hutchinson uh, who added the third. And at that point, you probably well, it felt like it was uh, yeah pretty pretty much uh, decided, and that, that was how it proved. And it was uh, yeah uh, all, all one way traffic from there. Uh, Kean Thomas, Ollie Walker, and Max Everall also scoring, um, and it was a six 0 win for Falmouth at home to Honiton. Now moving on to
0: Portishead, where the visitors were Burks. Can I say that? The, the visitor <laughs> were Burke's County. Is that is, 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 as you understand it, Tom? Is that is that their name?
1: That's what that's what's been written down. That's what I've gone with. So yeah, that's All what right. I've been that's what I've been following. Yeah, well, Andy Portishead get on. <laughs> well, they they continued their excellent start to the season, a four-nil win. Uh, over over the, the, the visitors. <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh yeah, hmm. they've yeah. Portshead really have made a flying start in the first division, haven't they? So uh taking their uh, their uh, league form into the cup which is great to see. Uh goal is first half so it wasn't uh yeah it wasn't uh, as as one sided as the what well, wasn't as, as easy as the Falmouth game, let's put it put it that way. But yeah they did um yeah come to life after the break and it was Ethan Felton again. He was um thrust into action at the break and he made an instant impact uh, scoring on the hour mark to put them ahead uh, before uh, then adding a, another soon after he is in tip-top form to, to start the campaign. I don't know if there's a, uh, there's usually a player of the month poll that pops up on, on social media. I think Felton will be, uh, be getting a few votes, I would have thought. Uh, as I say, he scored twice to put them two up and then it was Mitch Osmond and uh, Carl Egan scoring further goals to, to make it 4-0 and that's how it stayed. So a big win for Porter's Head uh, over Barks County. And now we move
0: on to Saltash United. They were at home um, to Radstock Town in an all-Western League um clash. And Saltash, you've had a difficult start to this season. Well, they were really on form on Saturday.
1: Yeah, they they, they very much needed this, didn't they? They've uh, been a surprise package for all the wrong reasons so far this year. So a 6-0 win for them uh, over Radstock. Well, should do them the world of good, you'd hope. And uh, yeah, they made a, made a pretty good start to this one. Um, Kieran O'Malley are scoring after 10 minutes. Uh, put them put them ahead. Uh, and then it was a couple of uh, further first half goals from Josh Toulson and Jordan Ewing uh, gave them a free free goalie at the interval. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good stuff from the Ashes. And as I say, much needed. Uh, and they pushed on after the break, Ed Goodman, uh, Tyler Holmes, and Reece Thompson uh, rounding out the win. So, yeah, hopefully a bit of confidence for the for the Ashes. Absolutely. And that was very much where I started my conversation with new Ashes Bosch,
0: Mackenzie Brown. Now, of course, we know Mackenzie from his time at um, at Millbrook. Um, He's at Saltash United now, and it's not been the easiest of starts um, uh, for the Ashes. But um, um, obviously that win, that excellent win in the Vars, hopefully gives them that shot of confidence. And I asked Mackenzie for his thoughts on that game.
2: I've said to a few people that it was an improved performance, but I don't think it was a much improved performance because it didn't actually have to be. Um, the games before that against stilford last week, uh, we were actually very good. Falmouth, we were good for, for long spells. Cleveson, actually, we started the game really well. And even going back to the Barnstable game before that, we, we were superb for the first half an hour before we went down to 10 men. So we'd actually been playing well we'd actually been kind of really moving the ball quite nicely and creating chances and was scoring every game um, but we were just losing the game in moments um, and we have worked incredibly hard in the last couple of weeks to identify those moments and where we're going wrong and on Saturday was probably our most complete performance of the season we kept a clean sheet we defended really well where we had to um, I mean most teams or most people probably expected us to beat Radstock but equally it's it's as much of a banana skin as, as well um, and I know that they had two or three players unavailable for, for one reason or another um, which is often the case at this time of year but we concentrated on ourselves and, and we actually put the things into practice which we discussed and, and we played really well and, and I don't think the scoreline to be fair flattered us I thought it was well deserved
0: well, I've watched Radstock a couple of times this season and um, they've made a, a, a positive start in the first division. I appreciate you're a division above, but I'm sure they came to your place expecting um, to give you uh, a good game and, um, and you know, you did put them to the sword. So I was I was surprised to see the manner of that victory and it's interesting actually to reflect on the results that you've had. You've, you've just run us through. I'm not going to ask you to do it again, but, you know, when you look at a side towards the bottom of the table, even at this early Part of the season you you expect things to have gone wrong, and actually pretty much all of the games were quite close affairs as as you know as you 've just said
2: really close i mean especially i mean I, I know i 've just gone through those results, but the Falmouth, the Clevedon, and the basketball game we conceded the third goal in injury time in all of them, so in effect, it was two one and it was us knocking on the door in those games um, and then getting caught on the break in the last couple of minutes, so I remember at Cleveland in particular, we went through. Jake Foster went through one-on-one with five minutes to go and tried lifting it over the goalkeeper and it just landed on the roof of the net. And then two minutes later, they go down and kill the game. So the games have been really, really close. I think we've been shooting ourselves in the foot in an awful lot of them with some of the goals that we've we've conceded. Um, We've gone ahead in in pretty much every game as well, I think. At at Oldland, first game of the season, we were two and up. We've got one up against Barnsville, one up against Clevedon. Um, so, so we, we have found ourselves in in positive positions as well in games. But it is we we've got a very young side. I mean, the team that finished the game last night, we, we had an average age of 20 years old across 11 players, and and that's very young for for this time of year. Uh, for sorry, for this for this level. Um, and 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 because of that, you're going to get little naive errors. Um, but the the games have been close. We've been really competitive, and um, we've had to iron one or two things out. We've done that, and then hopefully now we can push on. But it does remind me, to be honest, of my first season as manager in the Western League when I was at Millbrook. It was very similar. And I think it's really important to remember as well that the games that we played, actually the Saltash team from last year who finished second and missed out on the league by two points lost exactly the same games, pretty much. They lost 4-0 to Helston in the Cup. They lost to Barnstable. They lost to Clevedon. They lost to Falmouth and Boxing Day. They've only taken a, a small number of points off Ilfracombe in the last couple of years. So I think perspective can tell you actually the 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 start hasn't been as um, as bad as, as it looks on paper, but the sequence doesn't make it kind of taste like that.
0: So many segues there into my next question. I, I don't really know where to start. In fact, actually, I do know where to start because I, I don't want to leave the FA Vars alone. Um, I, I want to I go uh, and just have a chat with you. You've been drawn against Wendron United in the next uh, round. I mean, do you think in all seriousness... The, the FA Vars, is that a, is that a competition that you, you think you can progress in this season?
2: Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I've, I, I, I've said for the last couple of years, since, since COVID has come in and they've changed the rules in the FA Vars, I'm sure it's the same where it's 90 minutes and penalties. Whilst the, whilst the competition is 90 minutes and pa- penalties, you have a chance of going as far as you want. Because I remember a few years ago at Milbrook, we, we drew Bashley, who were much better than us. And I think we beat them 2-0. And we literally caught them twice. I think Chris and Gold saved two penalties. And you you just don't know on the day. If if you're coming up against a much better side, you can hang on and hang on and hang on and take the game to penalties. Before you know it, you're progressing for the tournament. So we just want to give it a go. I mean, on Saturday, we saw it as an opportunity to just break from the league a little bit, which we needed because of the sequence of results. We could actually take a deep breath and enjoy it. It was actually our first Saturday home game of the season as well yeah, I think the bar is like why not? I know that some clubs see it as a distraction, but like we don't need a distraction. We, we we were not we're just taking each game and enjoying each game that we've got at this moment in time and soaking up the experiences.
0: Uh, so let's talk about last night's game. You've, you've you've mentioned it a couple of times, Brixham. By the sounds of it, you had a young side out. Um, but um uh, pleased to see you picking up the first points of this campaign and also uh, of course, building on that positive win from the weekend.
2: Yeah, I was delighted. I was absolutely delighted. We we had two centre half out um, last night, and, and and one of them was only able to one one of them that were available was only able to make it ten minutes before kick off. And we know how difficult it is to get to Brixham and, and from a time at, at Millbrook, and and we know how tough it is as a place to go, especially midweek. And we're at two different ends of the spectrum really in terms of like what our team looks like. I think they're a team that has been growing and growing and growing over the last few seasons. And are probably just reaching their peak as a team really, and you've seen that with with their start to the season, and I think everyone recognizes it as a really tough place to go I think it's i I love going to Brixham I absolutely love it it's it's kind of it reminds me of of kind of when I was playing younger when I was younger and played and it was exactly the kind of background that I was um brought up with in the lower levels and they it's a, I think it's a, a great little ground with great character and um I love going there, and yeah, that was true last night we. We, we dug in at times. We actually started the game. Um, we went 1-0 down early on and we reacted really well. And, and the 15 minutes after half-time, we were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. We got the equaliser um, and then we had an opportunity, or a few opportunities really to get that second goal. And then, to be fair, we probably made a bit of a blip. We, we made a substitution that we that we were going to make when we were 1-0 down. And I think we talked ourselves into it, even though we, we were 1-1 and we, we probably made a mistake there. And it just changed the balance of the game and then it was all bricksome to be fair in the last 15-20 minutes and we had to dig in which is not something that we've done well very very well this season and, and we more than earned that point so yeah, it was brilliant to be off the mark in the league.
0: Right then, we'll, we'll address the big questions then. Now of course last season I had the pleasure of your company, um, you were the manager of Millbrook, um, you've obviously moved on to Saltash United, um, can you tell us a bit about how that came about?
2: Yeah, yeah of course, um, I mean I've been down at Millbrook for seven years um, and in the last couple of years, I suppose there have been opportunities to to move on, um, and, and I, I kind of decided against those opportunities when they've when they've arisen. Um, I didn't think it was necessarily the right time for the club for me to go, and I, I felt that responsibility a little bit. Um, but I did feel this this season or the season that's just gone, sorry, I, I just kind of. I could sense that the club was just running out of gas a little bit. and um, from, from my perspective, and, and, it, and it was very, very difficult. Um, we were always kind of punching and punching and punching above our weight as a club. And I made the decision probably quite early into the new year that I, that I think it was time. It was my time and maybe Milbux needed something different. And perhaps I needed something different. So we always had the, the distraction of the Cornwall Senior Cup. And we got to the final in that competition, which was incredible. For the club, um, and it was a pity that we couldn't get over the line in that competition. But but that was really a, a, a moment that I thought, yeah, this, this is this is the time. And so I didn't step away from the club with anything in mind. I didn't tell the players really until obviously um, it, it kind of broke towards the end of the season. And and yeah, it was it was a leap of faith more than anything. And and I probably would have been relatively comfortable with with just sitting back and waiting. And, and it, it taken as long as it took to get back in. Um, but obviously things changed at Soltash as well, and um, it was an opportunity at the time that I thought was a step up, and uh, and it was an opportunity that we took really. It was it was three or four weeks after I would left Millbrook, and and we were back in the in the deep end really. So so yeah, things happened very quickly. Um, nothing was lined up at all in any way, shape or form. I obviously know Danny really well as well, and and, and I knew that he they obviously had a lot on their plate, get into the playoffs etc. So. Um, you hear the the, the kind of rumours that maybe there might be changes across certain clubs across the scene, but but no, there was there was absolutely no contact at all between myself and Saltash until Danny had stepped away, and 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 then once he had, it was it was um, something that happened quite quickly.
0: Um, obviously, Saltash did very, very well last season. They were runners up and um they competed um, in that promotion playoff. Um, has that success from last season weighed heavy on you as you as you look to sort of build a new regime?
2: No, not at all. They, they they were they were unbelievable last year. Um I mean they, they give us a good hide in at, at Kimberley or at Waterways, if it was four nil towards the end of the season and, and they were a serious, serious team. They they had a great, I talked about Brixton being at their peak or approaching their peak as a team. I think Saltash were very much in the mix there. They that they, they, they had hit the same kind of point really as a group. And we've been coming up coming up against them for years and I had an awful lot of respect for them and um, and no, I don't feel that. Like, I don't feel that at all. I, I genuinely we we, we appreciate and, and, and respect what they did last year. But equally, perspective tells us that every single player has left, um, and so there's no point even comparing. I mean, you probably could compare if all of the players stayed and and I'd come in and work with the same group and we lost the first six games, then I think it would be a little bit different. Um, but it's a completely, completely, completely different group and that doesn't happen, like it just doesn't happen I, I don't really recall it happening too much in local football that I can remember where a whole squad of players have left you obviously see handfuls go each year and follow managers each year but it was quite an abnormal situation and, and obviously that's happened in, in, in two areas this summer because obviously it's happened at Millbrook as well um, so so no, it doesn't weigh heavy I'm, I'm enjoying the, the challenge at the moment um, and and it's uh, it's obviously a new regime and it is a new era. And it's it's I've got to admit, like the obviously it looks very different with a very young side. That that wasn't the plan. Like that wasn't the plan at all. I didn't envisage that uh, when I first went in. But that's just how it's come about. I obviously knew that one or two players be moving on before I took the role. Um, but I've got to be honest, I didn't expect every single one of them to leave. I'd hoped that every single one of them wouldn't leave, but they have, and and it's probably pushed us back twelve months or so in what we wanted to do, and uh, it was a bit frustrating and disappointing for me. I've got to be honest, but but you just got to get on with it.
0: So, what are the ambitions for Saltash this season?
2: Yeah, that's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, it's it, it, with with a new era, it's something. To be honest, that it was very difficult to sit down with the club in the summer and and, and say, well. What are the ambitions? Because there was so much um, kind of unrest, if you like. It was very difficult for us to recognise what kind of a squad that we would have. There were times through the summer where even though we were quite comfortable with where we were, there was lots of people from the outside wondering if if we even had a squad. Um, and we, we were always quite comfortable where we were. But I think we just need to just maybe settle down into the season and see where we are come mid-October. That's normally what I say. But well, I do definitely think that there needs to be, and this is a conversation I need to have with the club, really, I think, where they, I, I, we need to understand what the strategy is. We need to understand what the vision is of the club. Um, I don't want to be in a situation where we're making it up where as we go along and we've just stumbled across this squad and it's young, so let's give it time. I'm ambitious. So I, I want the club to do well. I want to be winning things. That's why I came to Saltash. I didn't come to Saltash just to replicate what we did at Millbrook because um, we could have stayed at Millbrook and done that so so we are ambitious as a group um, and we've got a young squad right now and they're growing and they're learning um, but I think it is a squad that will evolve in time um, and, and yeah that's something that perhaps once we kind of settle into October I can sit down with the club we can sit down together and we can have a look at our start and we can work together and say okay well where where do we see this season going but more importantly where do we see it in 12 months, in 2 years and 3 years.
0: Because with that in mind, um would you like to get the club back in a position where it's challenging for southern league football
2: oh without a shadow of a doubt without a shadow of a doubt that, that that's i think what's really important and, and and this is my experience at milbrook tells me this is um to be challenging to get promotion everyone has to be ready for that the club has to be ready for that the team has to be ready for that and my experience at milbrook perhaps the team were ready to challenge for the Western League or challenge to get into the Western League, but maybe the club wasn't, and perhaps without knowing too much, that's what the situation the club was in at Saltash last year. The team and the squad very much a Southern Southern League squad. Um, however, maybe the club weren't prepared for that, and, and they were concerned about where that would take them if, um, if if they did gain promotion. So what I do think is really important is that strategy is, is outlined, and we and we work together to say right okay how can we build a squad that is capable to challenge to get into the southern league and how can we build a club that is capable to sustain itself in the southern league because it's not easy but yeah we are, at the end of the day I, I i'm a manager that's ambitious and i want to win trophies and i want to win the league and i know that's not going to happen this year but i do want to win this league and winning that league comes with promotion so we need to we need to find a way of making that happen and um, both on and off the pitch in time
0: I have to say, I mean, I don't pretend to be an expert on Cornish football by any stretch of the imagination, although I have taken a keen interest in the Cornish sides that have joined the Western League. And few sides, including the likes of Helston and, and dare I say it, Mousel, seem to have garnered the column inches, the speculation and the controversy that... um, that Saltash seem to um, uh, gather, particularly on social media. I, I'm not really known it at this level of football. I mean, is that something that you're conscious of? It, it, they do seem to be a club that everybody has an opinion on.
2: Everyone knows everything in Cornish football. I would say, like, there isn't an all. As soon as something's happened, normally it's probably over every single group chat um, in, in Cornwall. Everyone kind of finds out about it. All the players know each other, and and, that, and that's kind of how it is. And Um, And, yeah, obviously everyone in the summer, it it was a case of there there was an awful lot of kind of nonsense, if you like, that happened at the club in one way, shape or form. And so people are going to talk about it. And, um, yeah, I I saw some of the stuff in the summer on social media, I saw some of the stuff on on the football forums and things like that. And my kind of idea in the summer, and I said this to the club, is we just need to kind of band down the hatches a little bit, keep our heads down and just get on with it just get on with it don't stoke the flames just get on with it and to be honest I saw Matt do that at Helston last summer like Helston was away of that club and they brought an awful lot of it on themselves at times like obviously they're, they're, they're in the social media kind of they're on the platforms and they've got the videos and they've got the highlights and sometimes that brings even though I enjoy watching it it brings a little bit of kind of attention and sometimes it's negative attention and I thought when Matt went in last summer he did very well as well just to kind of dampen those flames down a little bit and keep everything in house and that was very much our kind of um, idea this summer and I think it worked and eventually the people that are online get a little bit bored because they're not getting a reaction from anybody and they're not wondering what's going on and um, and you've just got to keep everything in house and get on with it
0: I, mean, I, I, I can't fault your attitude it, it pains me slightly because I mean I, I don't I haven't had a great deal to do with people at Saltash, other uh, um, Danny um, was fantastic for us on the um, on the podcast, but um, um, one chap I know, the, the secretary at the club, Phil Durrant, um, has always struck me as being, you know, incredibly positive and, and um, you know really has the club at heart, and I do feel sorry for supporters and in particular volunteers when something that is so precious to them is you know almost becomes its own sort of football for other people's amusement
2: yeah and i can i completely agree with you i saw something um the other day that i read something somewhere that phil has been involved with the club for over 30 years and 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 he is the club and when i spoke to danny Last year, at the end of the last season, he spoke so highly of Phil um, and, and the job that he does, obviously, as secretary. But also, it, like as I say, he lives and breathes the club. He feels every single emotion that, that um, obviously, the football brings, and, and that's on and off the pitch. And so he's going to be the one that, when you, when, when you read those comments, it's going to hit him. It's going to hit him and it's going to hurt, and people don't recognise that. And some players float from club to club and they would never really build a connection with that club and, and I feel sorry for them in a way because actually there's nothing more powerful than having a connection with a particular club and I I feel like I had that with Millbrook. Um, I don't have that with Saltash right now but hopefully in time it'll be something that develops um, and it's just time and experiences and moments and memories that, that bring that connection. But yeah, local football and, and Cornish football and, and football at this level in, in any region of the country is driven by volunteers, and it's the volunteers that care, and 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 slowly but surely they are dwindling out of the game for whatever reason, and there probably isn't a new raft of volunteers that are coming that fill the club in the same way, but people like Phil at um, at, at Saltash and every club has them okay they are the the lifeblood of of these clubs and i think yeah i completely agree with you people that hide behind the keyboards need to have a little bit more respect and think about actually the 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 high levels of work that go in um by these people to before they before they comment on things they know absolutely nothing about
0: um, th- this has been a fantastic discussion, Maka, as it, as it always is with you. Um, let, for God's sake, let's bring it back to the football <laughs> before, we get, <laughs> before we get too I mean, deep and meaningful. Um, Wellington at home on Saturday. Um, now, of course, they've not had the best of starts to this season um, either. But in a way, is that a problem? Because, of course, this is, a, this is even at this early stage of the season, I'm sure this is a fixture that both sides will be targeting um, to, to take all three points from.
2: Yeah, a brilliant team. Like in my experiences in the last couple of years with Millbrook like one of the top top sides that we have played um, over both seasons. Like honestly, like you go up there, it's a really difficult place to play. They they can keep the ball away from you for for, for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes, and sometimes you're not touching it. Um, so I think they was they are a superb side. Um, I, I don't know what's happened there this summer. I believe one of their coaches or managers has left, so I don't know obviously what impact that's had on the squad. Um, but we we're expecting a really difficult game. Um, but you are right, they, they've they've had a tough start to the season, as have we. Um, but like we've already discussed in this conversation, like the the results on paper, we we know that maybe is a slightly different story in some of those games. So we're definitely seeing it as a home game, uh, and I think home form in this league has to be um, it has to be good because that's where you pick your points up, and most teams have that home record. Um, in this league over the last couple of years and, and it is a game that we're looking at and saying we want three points from it but yeah you're right I think Wellington will be seeing it as an opportunity when they look at our results on paper they might be saying this is an opportunity to kickstart our season as well but no I think it's funny this league because I do think actually and I had this conversation with some of our players last week they're such a young group and and I said to them that you you'll you'll see clubs and you'll see teams that win week in week out in a really ugly fashion and I think you see teams like I remember a couple of years ago and I don't mean any disrespect here at all to these clubs, but when the league when Tabersock won it and um and Exmouth came second, like they would they would they would just find ways to win and sometimes it wasn't always pretty um but they would always win the game. Um but the sides like Wellington and at times Clevedon, um, they play some fabulous football and they end up finishing mid table. Um, so it's a funny league. Uh, it's a funny league. And, and I think we, we need to obviously look at Wellington and, and, and see it as three points that we can we can certainly achieve.
0: And my thanks to Maka for his time. Uh, now, before we leave the FA Vars, just one other game to report upon, and that was the abandoned um, fixture between Welton Rovers and Wells City um that game is actually being replayed on the 29th of August um, which will have passed by the time um, you're listening to this episode of the uh, of the podcast. But I just really wanted to um, give a special shout out because the game was abandoned because of a serious injury to uh, one of the Welton players, Courtney Charles. He suffered a, a fracture and a dislocation of his ankle on Saturday. And I know that at the replayed game, there's going to be a collection um, for Courtney uh, and his family uh, because obviously this um, uh, that's laid him up and that's going to cause him... Um, um some considerable um challenges so um, we have to remember um that despite the millions at the top of the game our guys you know they've got jobs to do and if they get injured seriously in particular then um, it makes life um particularly hard for them so thoughts go out to him at this time Uh, now then tom um at this stage in the podcast we would normally play out the tool station advert but we are still waiting for the Toolstation advert um, from Toolstation. We're having a, a special one produced just for us. Um, so I wondered whether you might be prepared to um, act as our voiceover artist and and read out a special message from our sponsors.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Give, it a, give it a bash. Um, so whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, right, moving on into
0: the Premier Division, and an eight-goal thriller between Barnstable Town and Bridgewater United.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, usually um, all the drama is safe for cup competitions, but not, not obviously, not at this level. Uh, the league, uh, yeah, doesn't never fails to disappoint, does it? And obviously, we had uh, plenty of teams in cup action, but there were. Were enough uh, league games to to fill us with joy, and that was definitely the case. at for a four-all draw between uh, Barnstable and Bridgewater, uh, it was a thriller. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure, uh, not sure there'll be many better games this year, to be honest. Bridgewater going ahead through through Jack Fawn uh, before Barnstable really, yeah, hit them with a. Um, yeah, with all they've got, Billy Tucker scoring twice to put them in front. Uh, Miles Perkins then extending their advantage before Tucker scored again. Um, pretty soon after the interval, putting them four-one up. So it looked, at that stage, like a, a home win and another another pretty tough afternoon for Bridgewater. But uh, yeah, they they well they came back into it. Uh, Jack Taylor scoring on the hour mark to give them a little bit of hope. Uh, and then 15 minutes from time, it was Thorn with his second uh, to make it. Uh, four three at the time, uh, and then in the ninth minute of added time, so so it was almost like Premier League rules. Obviously, we're seeing these uh, <laughs> all the new new minute, well the extra minutes added and whatnot. But yeah, I'm not sure if that was the case on on Saturday, Barnstall, but that was how it played out. In the 99th minute, uh, Thorn uh, equaled equal Tucker's hat trick, uh, getting one of his own, and uh, yeah, pretty memorable afternoon at Mill Road. So it finished Barnstall four, Bridgewater four. So yeah, absolute absolute thriller, as you say. Well, that's what we want, isn't it, Tom? Not
0: just a thriller, obviously, but we do want consistency. If we're going to see new rules implemented (laughs) on time-wasting and sort of yellow cards at the top of the game, it makes a bit of a mockery of the idea of having a pyramid. If um, we don't see it at our level of the game, I appreciate that they're not universally popular, but Mm. at least I think Mm. we need to understand... You know why they're there and of course if we don't bother applying or if our officials don't bother applying it then um, it does rather sort of make you wonder whether we're all playing the same game anyway there you go there's my thought for the day <laughs> right um moving on and um, we had eight goals then between Barnstable and Bridgewater well hold my beer said Helston they could manage <laughs> 10 um it sadly for Millbrook though Tom they weren't split evenly between the sides <laughs> uh
1: no Millbrook unfortunately um uh, failed to find the back of the net. So all 10 of those goals coming for Helston, obviously, yeah, tough, tough times for Millbrook at the moment. And uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, very much brought to light with the result over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, Helston, fair play. I've obviously um, uh, seen an opportunity and they've, uh, they've gone for it, haven't they? Um, three goals up inside 13 minutes, thanks to Ricky Shepherd, Callum O'Brien and Tyler Elliott. And obviously never really looked back from there. Um, Shepard, um, yeah, scoring again. And Curtis Damarelle, another man who, was in tip-top form. He scored a hat-trick. He's been a great signing for them. And, uh, yeah, they were a couple of other goals. I think Reuben Wilson and Declan Cornish also getting their name on the score sheet. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Helston getting the, uh, the getting to double figures and a big win at home to Millbrook. Uh, now we'll move on to the First Division. And
0: Bristol Telephones, um, they were in eye-catching form against Wincanton Town, Tom.
1: Yeah, they, have, they were. And, and they have been in, in yeah in, in general this year. I think a fifth league win already this year. So uh, yeah, the phones going going pretty well. 4-1 win uh, at home uh, to win Canton on Saturday afternoon, and former uh, former Bishop of Sutton forward Craig Wilson scoring a brace for them. I know uh, his his former side uh, pretty yeah pretty tough start. They're struggling at the moment, but uh, yeah, for the phones they've uh, picked him up in the off season. It looks to be uh, yeah good 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 deal for both sides. He's doing yeah he's doing great. So uh, a 4-1 win for the phones at home to win Canton.
0: And um, finally, we turn to Hengrove Athletic. They were taking on Cadbury Heath. I guess this isn't, I mean, it's not quite a local derby, but these two sides aren't a million miles apart. And um, Hengrove's interesting start to the season continued.
1: Yeah, it did. And uh, yeah, 4-0 win for them. Pretty decent crowd there on on Saturday. One goal up at at the interval, Jack Jones. uh, And then they, yeah, had a real good second half. And uh, yeah, pushed on to to grab the big win uh, Mickey Parsons Jacob Grinnell and Pete Shepard also on the score sheet so Hangrove running out 4-0 winners over Cadbury Heath yes an impressive win indeed but
0: I started my conversation with manager Jamie Hillman by asking if from his perspective at least the game was as comfortable as the scoreline suggests
3: probably not no in all fairness I, you know we, we didn't really play well for the first 25-30 minutes um but we didn't play well at all. Uh, We then scored a bit of a breakaway goal, if you like, to put us one nil up. Um, And then we were fairly comfortable for the rest of that half. You know, we could have added to that, added to the lead. Second half, I thought we were quite comfortable and in control, if I'm honest, although we did score our three goals late on.
0: Um, Your results have been consistently inconsistent at the start of this season. Obviously you've beat Cadbury Heath and you beat Radstock recently, but you've lost to Cribs Reserves and you lost to Brislington, so um, has that inconsistency been um, frustrating for you or am I being too harsh?
3: Um, No, I don't think you're being too harsh. Um, Has it been frustrating? Yes, in a way sometimes it has. I think the Cribs game we you know we didn't we didn't perform very well at all against Cribs. Uh, although the you know the two goals were a couple of deflected efforts, um we didn't perform very well. And we, we probably as as the old saying goes, we would have still been there now, we wouldn't have scored. Um and I think sometimes, you know, the, you know, you have to hold your hands up. We didn't do enough to win a win a game of football on the day, so so that's how that went. I think the Bruce game, look, Brisbane are a very good squad. Um, with some exceptional players uh, we conceded an early goal which was a, a poor goal for us to concede but we were in the game and we were working hard we didn't have a, a man sent off which was you know it, it was a sending off it was, it, it was a straight red card and it's hard enough playing against Bruce with 11 men let alone 10 um, and then to compound our misery you know we won nil we were still battling away though we then had a couple of men in the sim bin um rightly or wrong. Well, i guess there's no rightly or wrong about it. you know if you're if you're in the simbin you're in the simbin i think one of them i think they were both harsh if i'm perfectly honest i think not for not for shouting and bawling at the referee or anything like that you know um and that that's just my opinion on those um and then we had a man go down injured and you know he was stood on um and got told he had to leave the field to play so you know we played the last five minutes with seven men
1: for the oh first dear.
3: um and they scored a second right on half time to go two nil up so uh, you know second half they, they blew us away you know we, we didn't uh although we, we we still kept working hard they scored some good goals and i'm full credit like i say you know they're they're a very good team um but i think yeah circumstances played a little bit and, and like i say there, there's with the sin bins, there is no excuse. If you like, um, but I find that this season, if I'm perfectly honest, it's yeah, you know, you can't do anything without being told off. If you like, that's the best way I can put it, I guess.
0: Uh, what other issues have you been facing? Because we, we we know from previous seasons that the August summer holiday months can be difficult there's a lot of fixtures but often yeah. player availability isn't you know what, what what I'm sure you'd like it to be I mean have you had problems with injuries have you had problems with player availability
3: yeah we have you know but I think that's the same as every team if I'm perfectly honest because we start you know we started uh, the last weekend of July we did last season and obviously this season Um. yes we yeah, it's been a bit inconsistent you know we haven't been able to keep the same squads I think a couple of games we have managed to keep the same team out um, and the the boys have done well enough to keep their place Um, but yeah I I think that's just that's just how it is with everybody you know Uh, we're we're not professionals and things like that so um, it is school holidays people with their families they have to go away you can't you you can't argue with that
0: So going into this season um, what were your ambitions for the club?
3: To win the league Um, I, I say to win the league, you know, every year you want to win the league. That's the that's the ambition. The ambition's promotion. Um is that a realistic target? A lot of people will tell you no. Um but I think that what I always say is that on our day we can match anybody in the league. The problem being we don't have our day anywhere near enough. Um and that's trying to that's something that we have to try and work on really hard, you know, we I, I I I don't keep saying it, I keep getting told, you know, we've got a really young squad and we have, you know, we we've got four lads that have uh four or five lads that have been in our match day squads every game that have you know, they they missed a training session last week so they had to get their G C S E results. Um but they're in the squad on merit. It it doesn't matter that they're sixteen years of age. You know, they're in the squad ahead of other people because they deserve to be in the squad, and they're good enough to be in the squad. So I think yes, we're young and yes, we're inconsistent, and, and that does play a part. You know, we've had games this season where, you know, we've had like one twenty, I think a twenty-four-year-old on the pitch, and the rest has been teenagers and things like that. But again, like I say, they're there because they're good enough. Um, we have to try and get that consistency out of them, and then when they start performing on a regular basis, we have to try and keep hold of them. That's what you know. That's that's the fight that we
0: face. Now, you've been at Hengro for a while now because you and I have spoken many many times on the Tool Station Western League podcast. What is it that keeps you motivated? What is it that keeps you coming back each season?
3: Um, no, good question. Not having to go shopping with the wife, I guess. <laughs> if I'm honest, I think this this year and probably last year we are real. You know, I've just said it is, it's not an excuse and it's certainly not an excuse, we have got a young group of players um, and the enthusiasm that they show keeps you there and keeps you wanting to do as best, you know, they give everything for us and we want to try and give everything back to them, um, yes we're giving them a platform to play on what we have to, look I just said, you know, what we have to do as a football club and what we have to do better is keep those players in the past and go back a long time ago you know, we weren't as young a side. We had players in their early twenties, if you like, rather than teenagers. Um, but we managed to keep them, and and teams came in with very good offers, and they didn't want to leave Engrove, They wanted to stay at Engrave I think recently, over you know, last season, this season, uh, maybe even like you know, the season before, before that, teams have come in with good offers, I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of money being paid out these days and it it is good offers and players have found it too hard to turn down. Um, We as a football club have to try and make it an environment that they don't want to leave and we have to try and be successful because I don't think anybody really wants to leave successful
2: football teams.
0: You've played nine games already this season. We're not even out of August yet. Um now normally it would be a bit too early to sort of get your take on who the runners and riders will be. But given how many matches you played, have you got a feel for who you think is gonna do well this season?
3: Bruce will definitely be up there. Um their squad is that good. They they should be up there. You know, if they're not then uh, if they're not then there's something wrong. Um bitten, we played bitten first game of the season and they you know, it, it, usually you'd say if we if we would have lost one 0 we would have said it was a one 0 hide in to be fair. But we didn't we managed to score late on and draw one 0 Um and bitten are strong. Um of the teams that we've played Cribs were Cribs played football very well, you know, passed the ball around well. Um and they're a new side so you never know they could do what Nelsie did last year, be on the crest of a wave and and go up through the division again and I, I think without having seen them but seeing the players they have the, you know, the likes of Porter's Head will certainly be in the mix this year. I, I know my uh, me old mate Kai, I read his little match reports down at Porter's Head and little quips about all the big boys that are spending money going down to little old Porter's Head. I, I don't think little old Porter's Head really exists anymore. I think uh, Porter's Head are certainly swimming amongst the big
2: boys these
0: days. Interesting stuff. Um, Now you've got Shirehampton up next. That's a bit of Friday night football action. Um, So the question is, I guess, which Hengrove are going to turn up? Is it the one that um, put quite a few goals on Canesham and Warminster or is it the one who was on the wrong end of a heavy defeat to Wells and Bocco?
3: Um, Hopefully it'll be one that will turn up and work hard Um, because I think that's... uh that's a minimum that you should, minimum requirement. Um, if we take into Saturday's performance and we you know, um against Cabri if we if we can perform like we did in the second half and, and utilise the squad as as well as what we did in all fairness because the substitutes all came on in all either scored or had an impact in the goals to, to win us the game, um, then that would be good. Uh, but we certainly have to we have to work hard. We have to make sure that we keep eleven players on the pitch because uh, a few times this season, you know, and we're counting the cost of that now with with suspensions, we we've lost men. Um again, you know, some maybe in my opinion not their fault and one or two others they were, you know, silly uh silly decisions and rash rash moments from some of our players. So yeah, as long as we work hard, turn up, work hard, um then
0: we'll we'll be on the right track. I mean, we've had Martin Cassidy on this season talking about the the stricter protocols that match officials have been encouraged to um, adhere to for behaviour both in the technical area and on the pitch. Um, I mean, given that this seems to be the... um, the, the 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 situation that we find ourselves in is this going to require you as a manager and your players as a group to recognize that actually the behavior that perhaps was acceptable in previous seasons if they want to keep eleven men on the pitch and 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 give themselves a fighting chance of remaining competitive that actually their behavior certainly towards the match officials is going to have to change
3: yeah most definitely i i think you know, without a shadow of a doubt I and mean, we we definitely look to make sure that we're you know, our lads know that. Um what I will say on the flip side of that is that I think uh being able to officiate a game with common sense isn't allowed at the moment, from what I've seen. Um and and I will say that, you know, the common sense sometimes goes out the window. Um you know, I, I took my captain off in one game, and he was stood middle of the pitch, maybe a little bit halfway over the other side, and he took his captain's armband off and gave it to the vice, uh, vice captain. He's got booked for delaying the restart of the game. Well, we have to have a captain wearing an armband. He's running past him towards the dugout and giving the armband. I don't think that's common sense. I, th- I think that's a silly decision, in my opinion. You know, again... You know, one of our sim bins has been for, again, unfortunately, was my captain, who is running to the referee to try and find out what a sim bin's around. And the referee's shown him a yellow card and sim binned him before he's even halfway there. Because he said, you're running at me from far away. But if the captain can't speak to the referee, and we're not allowed to speak to the referee, then who can speak to the ref? Are we not allowed to speak now? Because they're still human beings as well. And I know a lot of referees, by speaking to them, they don't necessarily like the the new laws that come in and I I know Martin Cassidy on his Twitter is very opinionated if you like Um, and a lot of the time he's right sometimes I think he's wrong but again that's just all opinions Um, but I do think that if you if you spoke to a lot of referees they'd rather be able to use their common sense than almost be robotic and nope this has got to happen and this has got to happen and you know, football's not really like that. You know, you, you go back again, or right, it may, may have been back, in, and some things, like I say, you know, some sim bins and things, like that. yeah, you t- I totally agree with, and, and I wouldn't argue with, but the game is kind of, you know, the game's almost going, if that makes sense. It's not the same game anymore. You're scared, you're not sure what you can say or what you can't say, and some decisions where the referees have, you know, I've had a referee this season apologise for a decision, which is which is great, but again, he's like, oh, 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 oh I have to do it. And I, I think I get that sometimes. I get it, but the rules, yeah, maybe the lawmakers need to have a look at themselves.
0: It's an interesting point, Jamie. I've got a feeling that plenty of people listening to this will be agreeing with every word you've just said. Um, thank you as always for your time. It's always great to get you on the on the podcast and I look forward to catching up with you later in the season.
3: No worries. Thanks very much, Ian. Thank you, mate.
0: Now, Tom, we'll take a look at the upcoming fixtures. Uh, really looking ahead to Saturday the 2nd of September where, of course, um, well, I say all eyes. Uh, they probably won't be, but we are uh, FA Cup first round qualifying action. All three of our sides are away from home, which doesn't bode particularly well. Um, But it's good to see Western League sides still involved in the competition at this stage. Clevedon Town, they travel to to Froome Town. And Barnstable Town, they travel to Paul Town. And um, Bridgewater United will find themselves in my neck of the woods when they visit Salisbury. So good luck to all of our sides. I think any of those will be doing incredibly well um, to progress. I really hope that they do. Um, um, But, um, yeah, good luck to all of our sides involved in FA Cup action. We will also have pretty full fixture lists in our Premier Division and our First Division. Tom, which game in the Premier Division has caught your eye?
1: Yeah, so I've gone for for Soltash's game with uh, Wellington. Obviously, Soltash... Uh, yeah, not not going great guns in, in the league, be fair to say, but that win on, on the weekend in the Cup, I know it was against uh, a first division side, so they'll have to step up on, on Saturday, taking on Wellington, but yeah, we need to see if they've, uh, well, obviously we can't tell instantly, but if they've gained a bit of confidence or momentum from that, and uh, yeah, they'll they'll want another big performance uh, starting on, on Saturday in the league against Wellington. And I'm going to
0: look a bit further up the table. Um, new boys now in Tickenham. They've, um, they've started life in good form in the Premier Division. They take on a more established um, Premier Division side in Falmouth Town. Um, long trip for Falmouth, but um, um, I reckon that um, uh, that will be a, a very competitive fixture against two sides looking up
1: rather than down. Uh, and in the first division, Tom, which game catches your eye? Unfortunately, it's for, well not for all the wrong reasons, but a game, yeah, very much at the bottom. We have got Bishop Sutton taking on Canesham, so that's uh, bottom versus uh, second bottom. Uh, Bishop Sutton still without a win this year, pretty, pretty tough. Well, very tough start start to the campaign for them, and but a win would take them off the bottom. So there's a there's an incentive there. Obviously, you can only start climbing up the table with wins. But, uh, so they'll they'll need one, and obviously Canesham go there. They've picked it up a little bit recently, I'd say. Obviously, they've yeah, still only got one win and uh, only three points so far this year. But yeah, they're showing, maybe out of the two, they're showing signs of a little bit of uh, fight. But yeah, those two meeting on Saturday will be, uh, yeah. Yes, um, interesting to see how it plays out. Let's put it that way. Okay. And my
0: pick is going to be two of our First Division's form sides. Bradford Town who have started life very well, and they entertain Bristol Telephones, a a side, of course, that we were talking about only a few moments ago. They've had some good wins already. We know that John Allen is a very, very good manager at, um, at this level, indeed the level above. Um, In the Premier Division. So um, we expect good things at the telephones. Um, Bradford Tan been doing very well. I'm sure this game will be very competitive indeed. Now, just before we wrap things up, Tom, um, I'm going to give a little shout out. I was um, I was uh, pursuing my other footballing interest um, yesterday on Bank Holiday Monday. I um, went to watch Devizes against Carn um, uh, Town in the Hellenic League. Say it quietly. I know we've got mm-hmm. people switching off the podcast in their in their hundreds now <laughs> because I'm talking about Hellenic League football. I'm not going to talk about the game. But it was very nice to see an old friend of the Toolstation Station Western League podcast, Roland Millward, mm-hmm. um, at the game. He was live streaming. Ro- Roland has sort of developed his his um, social media presence um, uh, into the offering that is Grassroots Football Live. And uh, now he's not just following um, Warminster Town games. He's um, he's a bit of a gun for hire. And uh, I know he's been a couple of times to devices. Well, tonight, he's going to be at Wincanton Town against Bradford. I know, again, the, 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 making the podcast time-specific and me saying things like tonight and yesterday mm-hmm. is probably not a bad... It's not a good idea. I need to stop doing it. The point I make is yeah, it's well, it's well worth trying to find um, Roland's um, football um, um, YouTube channel, Grassroots Football Live. You'll see plenty of games from across the non-league pyramid um, covered, including games from the Toolstation um, Western League. So, if you like a bit of um, uh, YouTube-related um, football, then um, uh, then you could do a lot worse than than following him. Uh, and of course, in terms of following anybody, um, we've been following you, Tom, and we've been following your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that?
1: Yeah, so uh, that is on the uh, Tour Station League website. Uh, it comes out every every weekend after after the games on on Saturday afternoon. So uh, yeah, that that's available on the website. It's on the homepage about halfway down, and then if you you scroll and you, you'll find that alongside uh, the bulletin. Uh, sorry, alongside the podcast.
0: And um, we haven't um, um, been talking about the league tables um, as yet because it's been early in the season and um, uh, they don't mean a great deal other than to give an indication of early form. But actually, we, we feel that on next week's episode of the, uh, the Talk Station mm-hmm. Wrestling podcast, we are expecting the league tables
1: to make a return, Tom. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to have to bite the bullet. I think some teams potentially plan their 10th league games, so I think, at that point. Obviously, then we'll be into the month of September as well. So I think, uh, yeah, league tables might start appearing uh, in the bulletin. uh, Yes, in the the not too uh, too distant future.
0: (laughs) Excellent stuff. Well, in that case, um, thank you as always for your time. And um, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League Podcast.